Welcome to the Luna Holistic Podcast. I'm your host, Geneva Robbins, and every month on this podcast, we'll talk about Reiki, as well as answering your questions on all things spiritual. We are gratefully located in Calgary in Treaty 7 territory. Thank you all and welcome to the show. Welcome to the Luna Holistic Podcast. My guest today is Kim Johnston, and we're going to be talking about this big, huge spiritual expansion and awakening journey that you can ride many wild carpet rides through your spiritual path. Reiki's been a big one of ours. And so we'll be talking about that today. Say hi, Kim. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, welcome. It's so great to have you here and to talk about our most favorite thing in the whole world, which is this big spiritual awakening we've all gone through and going through. It's a never-ending journey. Basically, what do you do when your healing work has done, when you've kind of patched up all the holes in your self and then what you know where do you go from here so we're going to be talking a little bit about that so thank you for being here thank you i'm so excited i love that you said it's our favorite thing because it is <laughs> our favorite thing literally the favorite thing in the <laughs> it's world it's just it's so good digging into yourself and then being like what's, what's the next little thing that i'm going to unpack and expand it's my favorite yes. thing to talk about yay Fantastic. Awesome. We like to start this podcast with a little collective breath of gratitude, which is just a little mini meditation just to help everyone fully arrive to the moment. Of course, if you're driving, you know, keep your eyes open for sure. But if you're in a stationary or still or passenger even location, then you can gently close your eyes now. And just take a deep breath of relief. (sighs) Sometimes just a simple sigh can connect you back into that anchor inside yourself. And then feeling that energy below you deep in the earth, that wise, nurturing, supportive energy in Mother Earth, raising up to greet you to meet the bottoms of your feet and just send an enormous amount of gratitude into the earth and feel that gratitude rebounding reflected back to you, nurturing and supporting you in all ways, letting it fill you up all the way, filling your heart with gratitude, letting it extend out through your throat and the top of your head, sitting in a bubble of gratitude, feeling grateful for the air that you're breathing now, for all the plants and animals that keep everything functioning and flowing, just noticing the harmony within life and the harmony within you interconnected with all of the interconnections. Mm. 
coming back to your bubble, noticing the energy around your body and your aura, coming back to your feet and your ground. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Ah, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. It's always nice to have these little mini moments of meditation. I find it such a little anchoring practice. I like to sprinkle sprinkle these little suckers in everywhere in my day. So anytime I am in a place of waiting, then I'm doing this grounding, the violet breath of Reiki, just coming back to my bubble and back to that sort of clear still space inside. So yeah, thank you. How'd it go for you, Kim? Well, that was delightful. I've been, you know, you and I just mentioned this before we got onto the call, but you and I have been together for 10 years. And so I've been meditating to your voice for <laughs> 10 years and it, it does wonderful things for me. Like immediately just connects me and grounds me and, and brings Yay. me into a different kind of vibe. So oh, thank you. So thank sweet. you for your voice. Thank you for the the very generous compliment that I certainly did not pay or bribe you to say. <laughs> <laughs> that one's free. Checks the mail. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. So, Kim, we have known each other for quite a long time, and we've been on this Reiki ride together, especially the uh, the teaching part, because you were one of my first Reiki students. But I'd love to hear sort of your take on sort of what Reiki has meant to you this last bit. Oh, yes. For people who are new, Kim is a Reiki master with me here at Luna Holistic and does many other marvelous, wonderful spiritual things. Um, but yeah, what sort of drew you into Reiki? What's your Reiki history? <laughs> ah, what a delicious question. Thank you. <laughs> it's varied and it's been a wild ride. I do really like that that kind of word. And it's interesting. I think some of this journey for me too is going to include a little bit of like coming out of my spiritual closet. I'm an engineer in my day job. And, you know, I went into engineering school right out of high school and I worked as a professional engineer. And right now I went back, to, like I went back to grad school and I am an engineering professor currently. And so there were periods of time for me when my spiritual journey was a little bit closeted. And I didn't necessarily feel like it was it was okay to be both of those things. So I sort of learned to do some energy work when I was a kid. My mom taught me some energy work. And that was something that was very secret. Like my family knew about it, but nobody else really knew. And I met you, Geneva, when I was in graduate school. So I was doing my PhD and I was feeling a little bit like I need something else in my life other than just engineering and just that. And we had another synchronicity, which we discovered when we met, which was I went for my very first Reiki session at almost the exact time when you got attuned to your master symbol. And that had been like about five years before we met. And then we met. I was like, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to go and explore this. And you, I think, were just ready to start teaching. And both of us kind of came out of, of a closet a little bit together. And it was 10 years ago, the journey of learning Reiki really helped me go through some like challenging times. I don't know if, if anyone, I know that you've done graduate school. I don't know if anyone else who's listening has done graduate school. There's times where it can be really, really dark and lonely. Now, some of the work that I do as an engineering professor, I actually work with psychologists. Mental well-being is a really big topic these days. 
So we actually work with psychologists around like how do we, how are we starting to change the culture so that we can talk about mental well-being in the three-dimensional world, like in the university setting. One of the topics we talk about is imposter syndrome. And so probably at that point in time, like just a ton of, I had a ton of imposter syndrome and like, what am I doing here in graduate school? And what can I do with my life? And who am I? And coming into community with you and with Reiki really helped me feel more comfortable in myself for myself. Like uh, there's a, there's a word, you know, we're human beings, not human doings. I've really learned a lot of my value is based on my productivity and my accomplishments. And some of what happened for me in my spiritual journey was like learning that attachment to, to having to be productive, to have value. And so learning to sort of like open my heart up to love and expansion and acceptance, self-love, self-acceptance. I'm willing to change is such a big mantra for me. That was 10 years ago. And at that point in time, really, the beginning of my Reiki journey was the beginning of my connection to my emotional self, the beginning of my connection to my spiritual self, and starting to do a lot of my own healing. At that point, I was probably close to 30. So I had sort of 30 years of stuff that had been building up that I needed to clear through. And that was a lot of the work was like sort of like clearing my patterns from my childhood and clearing my patterns that were that were keeping me stuck and clearing my thought patterns that were holding me back. And that was probably the first few years of my journey was like healing my old stuff. I've also gone on a bit of a myriad path. I went and did Kundalini yoga teacher training as well. I've explored some for myself, some sacred sexuality. And so like blending of sexual energetics with my healing sexuality as well, which has been a pretty transformative experience for me. And then in the past few years, it sort of changed from like, okay, I think I've, I think I've caught up on all of my past healing, you know, I've kind of come to a place where I'm really comfortable and I really do love myself and, and I can get into this place of self-love and self-acceptance. And so then what's next? And in the past few years, I feel like I've really tapped into a different vibration of like transformation and elevation and, and how can we use this work to first of all, help support other people in their journeys, but also start to heal our culture. In some ways, there's like challenges with our culture. And so just like, how can I be the next level of myself and usher in a little bit of a, a new way of being or myself for society, for everywhere around? So that's that's mm -hmm. been the, the piece of it for the last couple of years. Yeah, that integration ah. and wholeness. And yeah, I love yeah. what you said about that switch from, you know, with the way our culture raises us. And and it's kind of been a fairly effective, you know, we can get a lot of stuff done with like pressure and tension. And that focus on what you do is your worth, you know, that your worthiness is tied to what you can accomplish and what other people can see and use versus your worth being an innate quality of your being that you just have to show up and breathe and that's enough, you know? And that transition is such a joyful one, but very difficult because in some ways you have to sort of dismantle these learnings that aren't helping you. In some ways it can be quite an outer successful pattern, but it, you pay such a great inner cost which is, you know, you're always chasing the thing outside of yourself. If your worthiness is based on something external, you're sort of always chasing, it's always just beyond your grasp. It doesn't matter what you accomplish. It doesn't matter how good you are. 
if there's a tape in your head that says never enough, never enough, never enough, then it just, it kind of never shuts up, you know, because there is no amount of enoughness to satiate that beast, you know, and in the chasing of it, we can lose what is most like that numinous, luminescent, ephemeral beauty that's part of life, that we we lose our ability to witness the miracles that are happening all around us all of the time in the midst of this murky, mucky, chaotic life. There's real beauty happening all of the time. And we connect to that with our being, you know, when we drop into that being space, like you're saying, like identifying with your beingness. And that beingness doesn't have to move. You don't have to be better than you are. You don't have to be in a different place. It's really connecting to that unconditional loving energy. And it's sort of which which spiritual doorway or which mind, body, mental health doorway gets you to that luminescent state. You know, for some people it's going fishing, being out in nature and being in this harmony and flow and rhythm, you know, casting this fly on the water. And other people, it's Reiki. For us, it's mostly Reiki. I'm not a fly yes. fisher, even though I also <laughs> come from a science background too, you know, and I know that feeling of like, you know, you work so hard on your on your graduate studies and then you have to finish it with a defense you have to like stand in front of or be in front of this panel of people who you know are going to criticize you it's terrible (laughs) (laughs) yes and then switching it you know is one of the ideas that i've kind of connected with lately is this idea of that you know there's there's different chemicals in our body that are tied to different emotional states so that stress fight or flight state, it is that sort of cortisol, adrenaline cocktail inside our bodies where we can sort of push the final mile. We can hike up that last bit of hill. It's the pushing, it's the go, go, go. It's the doing, doing, doing. And that works for for short little bursts, but it isn't great as like a long-term 30-year wave mode of being. It grinds you down because there's no rest in it. There's no rest and digest. There's not enough nurturing. The other chemical that motivates us to action is oxytocin, which is the love chemical, which is the bliss chemical. And so we can use pushing or we can use love. And that that love can be generated inside us by that connection to that universal life force energy, which for me, I connect easily with that with Reiki. That's my doorway to the divine. As many others, I like going for walks too. Um, (laughs) But when we are in harmony with our spirit and our being, I always think like the work that the external world work is the last 5% of it. You know, it's like 90% yin and 5% yang. You know, if you think of like, a baby being incubated in a womb, right? Is like most of that magic is happening in darkness. It is just simply being, it's doing its own thing. And then it's, there's a big, you know, labor push at the end, but like a lot of the miracle of life, even at a, you know, most visceral level is happening of its own accord. And when we get in harmony with like the rhythm of nature rather than the rhythm of culture, <laughs> I think we get in harmony with some this greater flow and and then we can create magic 
looking to create absolute magic in the world. So, which kind of leads us to our question today. Thank you. That was a lovely little ramble. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your lovely little ramble. There's so many juicy nuggets in there. <laughs> There's so many juicy nuggets in all of it. Yeah. <laughs> So our question today is like, what do we do after we've healed all of our stuff? What's left on the spiritual path? Because a lot of people get drawn into things like Reiki and meditation and yoga and many other forms of healing and spiritual work, you know, therapy and and all of that sort of stuff. Um, you get drawn into it because the motivated, like you've got this sort of like hound on your heels. <laughs> Of that sort of, you know, of your pain and trauma. And you do your work as a reaction to that, you know, trying to soothe or heal that pain in a new way rather than using like an addictive or coping way, trying to find a new path to a place of peace and comfort. And that's a great doorway in. But then you get to this, like you said, like that space where you feel whole, where you feel pretty good about yourself. And then there's this sort of like, and now what? What could I do with the time on my hands? Because I find for me, it's like a, you know, huge sort of creativity opens up. But I'm curious for you, like, what is the path after? Like, how do you guide? You're definitely in that space of guiding people through that all the time. What is your take on that? I think it's such an interesting question. And part of the reason I think it's such an interesting question is because I grappled with it a few years ago. It was like, I was almost so used to having the negative self-talk and the stresses and the fears that like what brought me to this work was healing those, you know? And then, and starting to get into this space of like, it works, like the work works. So when it really is healed and I go back and I look through my mind and I'm like, Hey, I actually don't have anxiety happening in there. Like I don't have this fear monster that's chasing me. That's trying to like you know, keep me down. And so then what do you, what do you do in that space? And it's been really, really interesting for me because what's really opened up, I'm loving this word choice lately, like just choice and freedom. I feel like 10 years ago when I was faced with, with multiple options, in some ways I even felt trapped when I had choices because I felt like it was a right choice or a wrong choice or a way to do it to keep myself safe or a way to not be safe. And there's a risky one and there's a good one and there's a bad one. And in these last few years, what I've really felt is this open, expansive environment where all of the options are actually beautiful and delightful and possibilities. And you can start to easily flow with creativity and choice. And in that space, what I've really started to find is that this work has started to become transformative for me instead of healing for me. I'm finding that the same sort of practices, and, and it is the exact same practice. Like when you're healing, you can go sit into a meditation and the meditation tool is the same tool. The meditation works for you wherever, wherever you're at. If you have something that needs to be healed, meditation is something that will heal it. Um, Reiki, when you have something to be healed, Reiki will heal it. When you don't have something to be healed, Reiki will elevate you and transform you and uncover something new. So what keeps happening for me is this process of unveiling and transformation. Like I meet new aspects of myself. I sort of connect with like masculine and feminine energies and the divine goddess. And so I, I actually 
keep sort of unveiling different aspects of the goddess for myself. I, I unveiled entire aspects of my creativity. Like I say, I'm an engineering professor. When I was young, I internalized a belief that's a bit of a dualistic belief that we are one thing or another. You're either creative or you are scientific. And those two things are exclusive, right? You're either a man or you're a woman. If you're a man, you don't be womanly. If you're a woman, you don't get to be manly. Like there's I internalized these dualistic beliefs. I internalized a belief that because I was good at science, there was no aspect of me that could be creative. And so in these last few years, aspects of creativity have opened. You know, there's a simple aspect of it, which is art. Like I actually just, I really like creating art these days, which I never knew that I would. But there's also an element of creativity that goes into, into my day job. Like I teach engineering classes. And if you want to try and connect the concepts to different people and different minds, that actually takes creativity. Like even though I'm teaching a concept that's been around for hundreds of years, something like an equation that's about fluid flow and how we represent laminar fluid flow, different minds interpret it different ways. And so actually this delight in creativity of, I learned it in a lecture in a certain way. And then if I want people to learn it in, or if I have now a diversity of minds in my engineering classroom, we need to get creative in how we teach. and uncovering that level of creativity for myself is an option that opened up for me in this post healing my trauma space, you know, having this flexibility and this openness and this safety to play. And so who else can be and how else can I express things and, and what other opportunities can open for the people that I'm connecting with. I think it's such an exciting experience and I'm seeing it almost everywhere that I go. I think that our world like post the global emergency that was the pandemic is actually it's like the human consciousness is evolving in a bit of a different way. I think that the people that I'm interacting with and the people that I'm seeing are no longer content to be kept in in one little box of identity, right? Like we're seeing it where even just a gender, like you as a person, it's okay for you to be somewhere in that androgynous um, aspect. You can be in a female body and you can embody masculine traits. You can, and, and all of those things are becoming a lot more expressive and open. So I feel like what's happening is that human beings are expanding their consciousness and are using these tools. Reiki, you know, we've mentioned this, Reiki is a big one for you and I. All of the tools work, you know, yoga, meditation, reading self-help books, positive psychology, even like the study, like this, the psychology, the science of psychology used to be about fixing disorders and it's moving towards helping people be better. We're not just fixing problems in psychology. You're moving to a place that's like, how do you help healthy people thrive more? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're, we're learning to elevate. We're learning to transform. We're learning to become more of who we are. It's a, just a delightful and exciting, I feel like it's an exciting time to be alive in the space yeah. of expansion of human consciousness. Yeah, which is really, so just really that. cool. It's so good. I love, I, there's like a billion things that I, I would love to dig into about all of the, like every single, there's just like, I do this little thing so that I can listen to people where I like, 
I programmed my fingers to help me remember what I want to talk about. And I was like, I'm running out of fingers. Amazing. <laughs> I was like, I want to come back to this. And so I'll hold my thumb. And then I, I like, remember. I love the sentiment of using up all of Geneva's fingers. I feel like that. <laughs> I didn't know that that's what I've always wanted to do ever since I was a little girl. But I've yes. always wanted to just use up all of Geneva's fingers. I'm just, there's so many things. And I'm like, yes, I agree with you on so many of the diff- those different levels. And I love that element of choice and coming back to what's really interesting is that as you start doing the healing work, the things that we thought were automatic, like, oh, I have to do this because it's always been done this way. I can't say no to this person. I have to go to, you know, my families for this holiday because it's always happened that way, even though it may not be a great whatever. I'm not saying that's the case for me, but anyways, like people, people encounter these difficult choices, but they don't see them as moments of choice. But when you start doing your healing work, you realize everything we do is a choice. We get to choose every aspect of it. And when you're doing your healing work, it, it would seem like, and I love the Tao Te Ching for this because it, they talk about like, there's a point where you need rules and you need this sort of restricted form to sort of contain the chaos, you know, but then as you keep on doing your healing work, the need for rules fades because you develop your own internal rules because you become in harmony with the life force spirit that's running through you, which provides that natural balance. And that brings us into that state of balance. So even just balancing the needs for the internal versus the external, or balancing the needs for spiritual versus physical. And then there's a point where you don't even really see those as as opposites, because they're really not. They're all one thing. And we get to flow and choose depending on what part of us or what aspect of our life needs tending and needs care. So I love that. And I love that, like the flourishing of creativity and the different forms that creativity can take, because I think, yeah, people feel like creativity is, you know, it's like our culture takes something that's like diverse and wants to shove it into these little confined boxes, you know, so it's like, it's not creative unless it's not real creativity or real art unless it's hanging in a gallery and people pay millions of dollars for it, you know, and I think that can inhibit people or I am not a person who is creative or somebody criticize, you know, we carry these like creative wounds and part of doing the healing work is we lift out those wounds. So then we can start exploring of like, gee, now what could I do with the time I have? And there's this neat part of like bringing your gifts to the world, bringing the things that you've always wanted to do, the things you've always wanted to experience, you know, all of the little creative ideas. And and it can come through in things that look like art that you can hang on a wall. And it can look like things that happen just connecting to creative, these sort of leaps in logic. I think of it as like the, in science, it'd be like the Eureka effect, you know, of like the knowledge exists in this energy state. And how do you connect to the energy that's flowing in? And that's where, you know, Reiki for scientists and engineers is fantastic because if you're stuck, it gets you unblocked. You get connected to 
especially if you feel like the idea, the the thing is just out there. I just can't put, grab my hands around it. Sometimes going into that sort of diffuse and lantern-like consciousness where you're not in that sort of focus state, but you're in the sort of broader, faster way. It lets all of the ideas sort of fall into place and make those sort of greater connections, which I think is so, so cool. Yeah, I've run out of fingers and toes. So I love all of those things. But yeah, I think that, you know, one of the things that you said that really resonated was this that we're entering this golden age of miracles and that... And it's nice to hear from you because I know you you deal with a lot more people on a regular day than I do. <laughs> I, mean, I still deal with a lot of people or meet a lot of people, but, you know, like seeing en masse and that's, you know, when we look at the news, when we look at the news and we see the world and you're like, oh my gosh, war and famine and plague and another plague is <laughs> like, oh, and there's another one. And and um, people, you know, still stuck in very old modes of class-based and racist and ist thinking, and and it can be kind of disheartening for people. But I see this rapid rise of people's compassion. Um, like you said, like we we all got sent to our rooms for. <laughs> For the, for the pandemic and it pushed people inside, but it also connected people with this huge well of compassion. And so what I see is there's this wave of compassionate action in the world and um, people connecting very, very deeply and very rapidly to their healing, to their spiritual connection. They're coming in for a Reiki session. It's blowing their mind. And then they're like, I want to learn how to do this. And this is the thing I want to do now, which I've experienced. I know you have people that you've been interacting with where they're just like, that's, you know, it's just sort of like, what's the doorway? What's the thing that's going to make the the spark of connection where it sort of lights you up physically and mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like kind of like all your chakras just light up like a Christmas tree. And it's the thing that resonates with you. And, and it's, you know, maybe not the only doorway into that sort of enlightened path, but it is the first one maybe. And that's really cool. And then also the sort of progression, I liked what you said, that transformation and elevation of spirit that we're all sort of moving towards this, not just getting healed, but getting really, really well, and then bringing the best of ourselves to the world, which is, is really neat. So it's like all of the things that you've been dreaming of, now you don't have an inner critic telling you not to do it. So then you can just start the making of it. And if the inner critic voice is quiet, then it's easier to make attempt after attempt after attempt, which is like with creativity, the people who are most masterful or the ones who are willing to fail over and over and over and just be in the joy of it, be in the experience of the process, loving the the technique and the fluid and the, that fluid flow of consciousness that happens when we sort of connect into that, you know, those flow states and uh, yeah, so all of those things. Yes, <laughs> came out and it feels like a random order. <laughs> it is, and it's and it's a random order, and it is 
what it is, you know, we're all this, we're all this big mishmash of a variety of different things that are happening. And it's just, it's such a delight. I think connecting with people over and over again, who are becoming more of themselves. Like I do feel like this huge elevation in consciousness and this golden age of miracles is there's a dismantling of the artificial hierarchy and, and it's a bit of a dismantling of the gurus and the, and the experts. And there's this new way of being that can be that people can be their own experts and, and you can start to move through life, starting to learn to trust yourself and starting to learn to just use the tools that work for you. Right. Like this and Reiki is like this as well. Reiki is a spiritual practice, but it's not a jealous spiritual practice. Like come try Reiki try any other type of meditation. Psychology is doing this too. Like go do gratitude journaling. Do try anything and see see who you are and see what works for you and and we're ushering in this new way of being that is your gifts and your light are there to elevate everybody else and and just go be that and shine that in this like beautiful constellation of consciousness elevation. Yeah. I found that it's been coming for quite a while, this sort of um, increase in awareness and uh, even just like how common Reiki is now. It's just, it is how rapidly it's been increasing because we've been doing this for a while. And when I started out, it's tell people that I did Reiki and they'd be like, what? And they'd look at me really strange. And then sometimes I have had experiences where people have shuffled backwards from the house party <laughs> and go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then they just like, don't talk to me or make eye contact with me for the rest of the night. And so it was this very, very weird thing. And now it's like, I think it's on Bling Empire, like everybody's sort of talking about this, like this spiritual connection. And I think it's because everybody is wanting, yearning for that sort of connection to something more and something greater. And they're finding it through Reiki, through meditation. Like you said, like there's so many ways that you can drop into that state. And when we're in that sort of connected state, I always think of it as like, when we do Reiki, I'm not adding anything. I am opening up the space so people can connect to themselves and that you know we we do this work of like setting an intention in a reiki session of what the basically the to dial in the frequency that the person wants to sit in you know and then wants to harmonize with and or expand and you know let that continued transformation and elevation happen and when we do that, it's almost like we couldn't get to that intention statement if it didn't already live within the person, that there's a light inside and it's just letting go of the stuff that's restricting that light flow. And that, you know, people are basically their own spiritual authority and nobody can interpret that divine connection other than you. Each person understands it in their own way. And um, and I love that Reiki is so multi-faith as well. It works really well with all faith backgrounds. For me, I'm quite visual. So I like connected to Ascended Masters and whoever that person prays to shows up in the Reiki session. So if they work with Jesus, there's Jesus in the session. If they're Sikh, it might be Guru Ram Das or one of the other gurus. If they connect with angels or if they connect with spirit animals, like those, those beings are present 
because prayers are real and, and they they create a big vibration. And then if the person's atheist is like, I see galaxies swirling. So I, I love that sort of like you can take this energy wherever you need it to go. It, it's fluid. It doesn't have to conform to any known understanding. It can take you to a deeper understanding of yourself and the nature of the universe itself. Um, wherever you want to go and and you don't have to have something to fix to come in for Reiki it can be really about like helping shine a light on your purpose and your path and where you want to take sort of these ideas and and sort of shining the spotlight of of where the next step is or how to you know access that greater being inside of yourself so we've got like reiki sessions so you can do distance reiki or reiki luna holistic we do that do intuitive readings too and a resource that might be helpful for other people who have these sort of big creative ideas and they're like i'm ready to like share this next big thing with the world is I've got an under construction mode is this energetic eight business school, which is basically how you take your creative idea, dream or idea. Maybe you want to write a novel. Maybe you have a business idea that you want to make. It basically takes you through the energetic blueprint of the chakras and you connect to sort of that deeper why you want to make or bring this work to the world and chakra by chakra, we just sort of work through the expansion of that. Yes. So the Energetic Aid Business School, you can find that on our resource page on lunaholistic.com. If you have questions about the universe and the spiritual consciousness and this age of miracles that we're in and how to get support with fellow light workers and transformational goddesses and gods that we all are, you can send in a question through a little recording widget on our Luna Holistic podcast page. So go to lunaholistic.com slash podcast and send in your magical question and we might answer it on our next episode. We'd love to hear from you. Even if you just want to share a comment, just drop us a little line. We love to hear from you and how maybe you have filled up your fingers and toes with things that you want to add to our conversation. You can always drop them in there. We'd love to hear what you've been experiencing through your expansion journey. So thank you all so, so much. Thank you, Kim, for joining me. Mm -hmm. It's been fantastic having you here. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely to have the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Luna Holistic Podcast. We're so grateful that you are here. If you've got a question, we'd love to hear from you. Go to lunaholistic.com slash podcast and we'll answer you in an upcoming episode. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And also please rate because you never know where your little five stars will go to shine light into somebody's heart today. So thank you very much and we'll see you next time.